You're listening to episode 28 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. (laughs) And today I am talking about intuitive eating. There's been a huge amount of talk about intuitive eating lately. I've been hearing the term more and more and more often. And I actually don't use that term. So I'm going to explain why I don't use it, why it might be failing you, and what to focus on instead and and how to learn to listen to your body. So we're going to dive into all of that. First, I just want to let you know that if you're listening to this in real time, uh, today's podcast is really closely related to a masterclass with all kinds of brand new info. I've never done this masterclass before that I'm going to be running on Thursday, September 20th. So again, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, Thursday, September 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, and it's all about my three life-changing secrets to conquer your stress, willpower, and the all-or-nothing mindset to quit dieting forever. And I am pumped about this. (laughs) I've been pouring my heart and soul into this, And I'm really, really excited. I've gotten a ton of requests for uh, this topic in the Room to Grow podcast Facebook group. And I felt like it was just, there was so much that I wanted to cover that I wanted to uh, make it separate from the podcast and do an entire uh, webinar and and masterclass around it. So make sure to go register for that to uh, actually grab your seat and sign up. Even if you can't make the time slot, I will send out a recording if you register. So make sure to jump in uh, to the Room to Grow podcast Facebook uh, group, or you can also find the link in the show notes as well. Hyperlinked in any app that you're listening to, it's right in there, or you can jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com for all of the info over there. So let's get into this a little bit more. So intuitive eating. The reason why I don't like this term is because... I, I'm always hesitant to respond when people ask me about it because there's no quick way to get from point A to intuitive eating. Like it, it's a journey. It's, it's not a destination, which is what I always say about health in general. But intuitive eating is really something that is going to take time. It's going to take practice and it's often going to look a little bit different from one day to the next. That's the whole idea of it being intuitive. My problem with it is that it's like, jumping to the end of the book to read the ending first, but you have no idea who the characters are or how they got there. (laughs) So you can actually reference uh, episode 17. It is my most popular podcast episode to date with Dr. Jade Tita. He and I actually talk uh, about intuitive, intuitive eating, as well as really figuring out how to manage your metabolism and it's, it's a life changing episode. So make sure to go uh, check that out. I'll, I'll reference it in the show notes as well. But Intuitive eating is is the end result. Intuitive eating is not the process on how to get there. It is once you learn how to use it. But if you're brand new to this and you don't really know much about intuitive eating, but you just figure, oh, I, I should know how to eat because that's what intuitive eating essentially is. 
you're, you're just going to end up discouraged. And that can be really difficult and mean that it's going to set back your progress even more. We really need to establish the base foundations before anything else can be built on top of it. So, I mean, think about somebody who has no idea what's working for them and what isn't. Uh, let's call her Sally. So Sally has, has no idea what's working for her body and what isn't. Um, she's eating sort of the standard American diet and she is trying to figure out how to make changes. So she, she tries sticking to a super strict diet every now and then only to hit a brick wall within a few days and then immediately revert, reverts to old habits. She struggles to lose weight. She's probably mostly sedentary, not very active. It's going to be really tough for someone in that position to all of a sudden one day figure out what intuitive eating is. And intuitive eating is the process, right? And, and I, I understand that I, for anyone who's sort of thinking, well, you know, of course it doesn't happen overnight, but I think that that's implied with the name. When somebody decides one day, okay, I'm going to start intuitive eating. I think that we tend to expect the results very quickly, but it's going to take time just like anything else. This is, this is why we have to build that foundation and get really clear on what's working for us as individuals, because no one diet is going to suit every single person. It's just not going to, to work that way. So let's talk a little bit about what intuitive eating actually is. So I did some research on this beforehand to, to make sure that I was super clear on sort of the main guiding principles. And what I like about it is that it does encompass principles that I'm all for, including things like ditching the, the diet mentality. So no more, no more dieting, no <laughs> quitting dieting forever, just like the, my masterclass is going to be about getting active and moving your body, listening to hunger cues, honoring your feelings without stress eating. That's a really big issue for a lot of us eating in a way that satisfies you as opposed to feeling deprived all the time, giving yourself permission to eat rather than stressing about a bunch of calories or, you know, sticking to a, a super strict low carb diet because you heard that that was the latest thing that would help you, whatever. And really challenging what you hear about food everywhere to instead learn what works for you and what doesn't. I'm all for all of those types of principles. That's, that's essentially how I work with my own clients to help them build that base foundation in all of those areas. So the principles of intuitive eating are amazing. I'm all for them. And it really encompasses and covers more than just what we put into our mouths. And it's about being really mindful and conscious of what you're consuming and how it's reacting in your body and treating your body really well as a whole, not just as, you know, bits and, and pieces, like whatever you put in your mouth is going to impact you in every other way. And sometimes we can get that a little bit jumbled and confused. It, ultimately, this isn't just about intuitive eating. This is going to take entire lifestyle changes that are going to be what make it sustainable. Again, I talk to clients about that all the time, that if you, if you look for the quick fix, it's only going to buy you time. And ultimately, you're probably going to end up hitting a brick wall where you go back to square one again. Because if you don't build a lifestyle around these changes, they're not going to be sustainable. You will end up having a really tough time making habits out of them and creating routines around them because they aren't built into your life. They're just something that is super strict or 
is something totally random that came out of the blue that you're going to have a tough time building a routine around. And then of course it, it's not going to work for you. And that's when we can get really frustrated and that's, that's really tough. So we want to avoid that when we're doing something like this. I think that one of the best ways I can suggest starting to learn a little bit about eating more intuitively is to not multitask when you're eating whenever possible. So that means turning off the TV, putting away the phone, sitting down to eat. That's also really important for digestion, eating when you're calm. So if you are, if you're really angry or worked up or upset about something, it's probably not the time to eat because it's going to have a really negative impact on your digestion. And if you're someone who is more likely to eat when stressed, you may end up eating more than you typically would if you are eating in that state and avoiding eating while driving too. <laughs> it, that, that should go without saying, but this day and age, it, it, a lot of us seem to end up eating in the car and it's, it's not ideal. Yes, I know that then you're sitting, but that's a different kind of sitting. <laughs> you're still totally multitasking because you're trying to focus on the road and then you can't really tune into your hunger cues. But all of these things will help you to become more conscious as you're eating. And that's really the key to starting to dip your toe in the water of, of intuitive eating. Because think of it this way, this whole intuitive eating concept, the reason why you might be struggling with it is because you're having to undo most of what you have known about eating and about your relationship with food from your entire life. That's just not going to happen overnight. That's going to take time. That's going to take effort. That's, that's going to take breaking down these old beliefs about dieting and you know, re, uh, routines built up around when you're feeling super emotional, you reach for food, all of those types of things, that's going to take time. That's ultimately what I want to stress the most here is that the reason why intuitive eating can fail for people is that we, we might think of it as just another diet, or we'll just think of it as, well, I should already know this. Well, I guess, but let's not spend time focusing on that because we are where we are. And in a lot of ways, it's the best thing we can do for ourselves is to break down these old beliefs one by one and slowly so that we can build that lifestyle around these new habits. All of this is going to take time, all of it. So how do you check in with your body? I'm going to go through seven ways to get super clear on how you can listen to your body. Because if this whole intuitive eating thing sounds like a bunch of bullshit to you, hear me out. <laughs> because without knowing how to listen to our bodies, we won't be able to make any progress. Whether you're doing intuitive eating or a diet of some kind, you won't be able to make progress until you can truly learn how your body is speaking to you and what you can do to really listen closely to it. So number one is to notice your energy levels. So that applies throughout the day. Are there dips? Uh, how's your energy during workouts? What about post meals? Are you lethargic after meals? Do you feel like you need to take a nap? Or do you feel great? You feel energized after a meal. All of these things are really important to make note of. And sometimes when people are first starting out, I'll actually suggest that uh, you keep a journal for the first little while. Not, not as like a food diary necessarily or anything like that, but just to start using a journal to notice some of these other factors, these other signals that your body might be giving you that you might otherwise miss and not pay attention to. 
it can be really, really an, a really interesting exercise to get super clear on what's working and what isn't. So that's number one, noticing energy levels. Number two, do you get a major head rush every time you stand up? Or, or often, anyway, do you, do you get a huge head rush often? You know when you get all the black spots in front of your eyes? Not, not the best feeling. That's something to really pay attention to as well, because that might mean that you aren't eating enough. You are maybe eating uh, foods that aren't really working well for you. Maybe you're having some blood sugar issues. All of those things can be really closely related to that. And it's, it's more than just feeling a little dizzy for a moment. We need to really pay attention to those things because that is our body talking to us. So number three is cravings. Listen, I'm all for having chocolate on a regular basis, but do you feel like you have to have it? Like, like you're, you, you can't live without it. I have to run to the grocery store right this second, you know, sometimes multiple times a day because I have to have the chocolate. That's a little bit of an extreme example, but, but you know what I'm saying? There's one, there, there's a difference between you know, craving it and, oh, I'd really love some chocolate right now or some candy or a piece of cake or whatever your jam is. And I, I can't help myself. I, I have to have it right now. In some ways, that might also be a story that you're telling yourself, that you are getting caught up in that and that if you feel like, and you're telling yourself on a regular basis, I, I have to have chocolate. I, I can't be trusted around chocolate that is just going to reinforce that even further if that's what you're telling yourself all the time. So be careful about that. But cravings in general are a really interesting place to get super clear on what your body is saying to you. Like, are you cranky unless you get it? Does it feel like you can't go into a single store without picking some up? Whatever, whatever it is that, that you're that your uh, craving fix would be like chocolate or candy, what, whatever that is. So number four is sleep. I know I talk about sleep a lot, <laughs> but one question that I always ask clients and this always without fail throws people for a loop. There's always a long pause when I ask them this, do you feel rested upon waking? And what does rested feel like to you? I ask that to every single client that I take on. It's part of this, this huge intake form that I, uh, that I have people fill out. And the part that always stumps people is what does rested feel like? Because we don't really think about that. It, it's not something that we actively think of on a regular basis because sometimes we also might just be in the habit of waking up feeling tired and that becomes our new normal. And that isn't normal. It's extremely common, but it's not normal. So we need to get really clear on why you aren't uh, waking up feeling rested, what rested does feel like to you, and how, like, what we can do and how we can get you to a state of feeling rested. So sleep is super, super important, and it's, it's quality sleep and quantity. Quality is particularly important, but quantity as well. If you're getting quality sleep, but you're only getting four or five hours a night, that's not enough. You do need to get more sleep than that in order to function at your highest level. And especially if you're somebody who's having trouble losing a lot of weight or anything like that, sleep is one of the first places I go because sleep is typically more important than almost anything else that you do. You can be eating all the right things. You can be working out all the right workouts. Like <laughs> all of those things can be great. But if you aren't getting enough quality sleep, 
you're going to have a really, really tough time and your body is going to have a, a hard time compensating for that in other ways. So that's a super important one. Number five is muscle soreness for really extended periods. This is something to pay very close attention to, especially for the ladies, because sometimes we will push really hard. Um, you know, maybe we, maybe our adrenals are a bit worn out. Maybe we haven't been taking very good care of ourselves hormonally. Maybe we aren't getting enough sleep. That can be another really big reason. You might not be getting enough protein. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons why you might have muscle soreness for extended periods. I'm talking, you know, if you did a really, really tough workout and you did have muscle soreness and it lasted for two, maybe three days, depending on the workout, that, that's normal. Beyond that, if you're still really sore after that, there's some other factors that, that we need to look at to get really clear on what we can do to better support your body or potentially scale back the workouts. But there, there's often even, there's often other areas that are really struggling and having a tough time where we can start to, to really zero in on those areas to figure out why you're having that happen. And that's a really, really easy sign to pick up that we often just ignore. Like we know we're sore, but we just kind of brush it off as, oh, like, damn, that was a good workout. It probably was, but within reason, if you're still so sore that, you know, you feel like the Tin Man getting out of bed in the morning, three or four days after a workout, sometimes even, even a week after a workout, there's other things going on that definitely need to be examined. So almost on here, number six is feeling stuffed after meals. So what we're really going for here is, is about 80% full but we'll never know what that feels like if we don't allow ourselves to ever get hungry. So this is sort of a bit of a, a multi-pronged one here in, in terms of learning how to listen to our bodies. Sometimes there's, there are schools of thought that have suggested that we need to be eating, I've heard sometimes like six, seven, eight times a day. I'm going to myth bust that right now. We do not need to be eating eight times a day. <laughs> Usually what I will have clients do within reason, if, if there's, um, you know, a blood sugar issue like diabetes or anything like that. Yes, of course. They, if there's a particular medical issue at hand here, then that person might need to be eating more often. But typically I don't usually suggest that people eat more than maybe four times a day, like three good sized meals and then a snack, especially if you are working out or something like that uh, on a regular basis. And then on workout days, maybe you have uh, an extra small meal or snack or something like that. And again, you'll learn what is going to work best for your individual body as you start to learn the principles of something like intuitive eating and really tuning in to your body. But if you are currently eating, you know, six, seven, eight times a day, how are you ever going to know when you're hungry? We, we almost have this innate fear built into us. Uh, and, and part of it is, of course, evolution. Um, just having, having this fear of getting hungry. But being hungry for a couple of hours is not going to kill us. I promise. <laughs> You'll be totally fine. <laughs> and getting comfortable with a little bit of hunger is a really, really great thing. Because then on those days where you might not have access to food for a while, you don't have to stress about it. And then when you do end up having access to food after a few hours and you're feeling extra hungry, you will probably just naturally have more self-control 
rather than diving headfirst into a bag of chips just because you're so hungry you can't wait two minutes to you know throw together some protein and veggies or something that's really going to help you build up almost like a tolerance in that area and help you to figure out your true hunger as opposed to just eating at particular times of day I talked about this last week on the podcast as well when we were talking about routine sometimes we can get stuck in okay it's it's 9 a.m I eat breakfast at at 9 a.m every single day it's 9 a.m I better eat breakfast and then again at noon, and then again at five, or or whatever times you typically eat meals. If we get too stuck in that routine, and we're not actually noticing and paying attention if we're even hungry or not, our body might not actually really need to eat. And you'll probably feel a lot better physically if you actually give yourself a little bit of time to notice true hunger. Like, oh, you know what? I'm getting pretty hungry. I, I think I'll go eat. So that's really, really helpful. And that does take time to learn to eat to 80% fullness definitely takes some, some time, some effort and some patience, but experiment with that a little bit because it's actually a lot more helpful than, than you might think. And last one is number seven. Do you feel like you are overly restrictive or you don't like the way you eat, you're kind of miserable with how you're eating and and you feel deprived all the time, or do you end up overeating regularly? All of these things are signs that we aren't really listening to our bodies very well. And these are all really common issues, hugely common issues. This is what most people come to me about are, are these types of things that they're either really tired of dieting all the time and feeling deprived, um, they don't like how they eat because they're, they're being so restrictive that they've cut out all the foods that they actually love and enjoy. And then they don't trust themselves around other foods because then, you know, when they're at a party or something and the dessert table shows up, it, it's hard to help yourself because you've been so restrictive the rest of the time. How could you restrict yourself? Then it's, it's like this gold mine in front of you. You need to dive in. Trust me, I've, I've been there. I spent years in that phase. And it's tough. It's really, really tough. So this is what my webinar is going to teach you about too. The masterclass is really about learning how to tune into your your body a little bit better so that you can quit this dieting cycle and stop the deprivation and feeling deprived all the time and, and super restricted and cutting out foods like chocolate that you genuinely love just because you think you should or because you feel like you aren't getting results. So you must need to cut all the foods you love. I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. That you do not need to cut all the foods you love just to get results. There are ways to do this differently so that you can actually include a lot of the foods that you love that bring you satisfaction and still prioritizing things like protein and vegetables and and all these other things that are going to actually make you feel really amazing. And you can, you can have it all. It's a huge mindset shift because we aren't taught this. We aren't we aren't taught this in, intuitively, right? <laughs> this is my whole issue with it, kind of the term intuitive eating. I love the principles, but I, I always am concerned that people will feel discouraged from it right off the bat because it sounds like we should already know this stuff. And we probably did as children, but it's, it's not really the case anymore because a lot of us have gotten too used to eating when we're distracted or eating when we're super emotional and using food as as a bit of a crutch or being so restrictive with ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to have the foods that we genuinely love and enjoy. 
So it's a really fine line to walk, but these, so to sum up the seven ways that uh, can help you listen to your body are noticing energy levels. Number one, number two, getting a major head rush every time you stand up. Number three is massive cravings. I'm talking like out of control cravings. Uh, number four is your sleep and getting really clear on if you feel rested or not. Number five is extended periods of muscle soreness. Number six is feeling stuffed after meals. And number seven is if you're feeling like you're really overly restrictive or you end up overeating regularly and you kind of swing back and forth from that all or nothing mindset around food, all of these things are going to really help you to figure out how to listen to your body. And that is really going to be what you can use as stepping stones to start to dip your toe in the water of this whole idea of intuitive eating. But it is going to take time. It's going to take patience to build a lifestyle around it. That's just natural. That's, that's, part, of, that's part of how this goes. You've been eating a particular way for years. So why do we expect to change that overnight? It took you years to get here. It's not going to take 24 hours to make a change. It's going to take a little bit longer than that, especially if we want to make it sustainable. So I'd love to see you in this masterclass. I'm super, super excited about it. There's still a couple of days to register. If you are listening to this in real time, it is on Thursday, September 20th. And it's my three life-changing secrets to conquering your stress, willpower, and the all or nothing mindset to quit dieting forever. So I'm so, so pumped about this. I'm so fired up about it. And I'm really, really excited to share this information because I think that it can really help you to move past where you currently are, to stop feeling stuck and to start to actually really enjoy the relationship that you have with your body and with food. And that's really important to me. I think that it's, it's really a key area that so many of us are struggling in. And this is really going to help you make the leap into a healthier relationship with yourself and with food. So I'm super pumped about that. So make sure to go uh, sign up to grab your spot for the, the masterclass in the show notes, um, either directly from your app, it's hyperlinked, whatever app you're listening to it in, or at roomtogrowpodcast.com in the show notes for this episode as well. So, uh, and I would also love it if you guys would, it seriously makes my day, if you would <laughs> screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach. I would absolutely be over the moon to thank you for listening and to get your seat to see your beautiful face in real life because it just makes me so, so happy when I, when I get to see you guys and connect with you in person. It absolutely makes my day. So have a great day and we will be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.